Crap with Beth and Matt. Cut to Crap is the world's number one no bullshit health and fitness podcast. Hello friends and no bullshitters. How the hell are you? This week we are chatting with accredited RD Astrid Naranjo. We talk about how she got started as an RD and the challenges she faced in doing so. We also talk about PCOS and debunk some myths. Let's jump into it. Hello. Hi. Hi Astrid. How are you guys? How are you? Good morning in Australia. Good morning. <laughs> uh, how are awesome. you? It's been crazy busy, but I, I'm sure you get that, right? How, how busy are you these days? Oh, all the time. I, I think I, 24 hours are not enough for me <laughs> at the moment. Oh God, yeah. it, is, awesome. it is very, very time consuming, everything I do. So when I realize it's 2 a.m., and I haven't gone to bed yet. And I always tell my clients, you know, guys, you should be prioritizing your sleep, but I have (laughs) no time and I end up just not sleeping so much. So I try to prioritize at least six and a half hours, kind of my minimum. Mm -hmm. uh, And then I sort of roll over with what I need to do. So how are you guys doing? We're awesome. We're super excited to have you on. Yes. You've been looking Love forward your, to having you on. Yeah. Love amazing. seeing you on the on TikTok. Oh, thank you. Yeah, how's I'm TikTok so going for you these days? Are, are you getting your foothold yeah. there yet? What is that? Are you are you getting settled in on, on TikTok? Uh it is hard because again, it's it's like my my strength is on is has been developed in Instagram. So sort of trying to change the the focus or the approach with mm-hmm. with like tiktok is a little bit different mm-hmm. and like i just not sure how to go about it it's it doesn't have to be that complicated but i my mind is like you have to be you have to do this and edit it in a way that is going to be very creative and grab people's attention so i'm still trying to figure it out especially okay. when you try to do the hook and that stuff and like yeah. oh my god yeah and the key is just to not overthink it and just press record and go <laughs> totally but you, totally. But you guys yeah. have i think i think it's also like type personality type i am not someone who um i i guess it's, it's, it's part of like i'm not that like he's I don't know. I think my personality is so passive that probably mm. people don't like being so passive. <laughs> Got, gotcha. And you know, it's, it's, I want to say my personality has been developed on the app, but I've, yeah. I've definitely come out of a shell since being on the app. You know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm natural introvert and you definitely, mm-hmm. I don't think you would see that in my, in my content, but um, I'm, I'm, I'm definitely, it's outside of my comfort zone doing that, which is why yeah. I, part of the reason why yeah. I enjoy doing it. So. And, and Instagram and TikTok are, are so different, right? What if like growing on Instagram, ex- except now they're kind of like Instagram's going into video. So it's like, almost like you gotta like, okay, I guess I got to do video now. <laughs> yeah. Right? And I think, and I think my, nat- my, my nature is also introvert. So when I, mm. When I even started, I never wanted to show up in my stories, especially because I have a background of like being very like self into myself. And when I had to start showing up in camera and start doing these things, it's like, oh, now I have to be wearing makeup and like being a little bit more, have more more presence because you can just be yourself and just be natural. But at the same time, People are looking for an image on like a brand and like I can't just wake up and like, hey, and like, oh, my hair and like, I don't know. I think you have to have some presence. So it it has made me sort of be a little bit more aware of my how do I look in front of a camera, just being relatively looking decent um nothing crazy i actually hate using filters or things that like i'm not going mm-hmm. to show i'm going to show something different that is not myself mm-hmm. but at the same time i've been like i think two years ago i started really doing ig lives and like trying to incorporate that presence and chatting with people um trying to really get out of my sort of comfort and get out there without caring 
what people would say because I always was worried well is my accent is I'm not like my name my natural language is not English so mm -hmm. when I started learning and talking English and speaking English with all the other people like oh my my goodness is probably something people are going to criticize I wasn't confident enough to just do it and then I decided you know what fuck it I'm gonna yes. do it I'm going to just be myself and if people don't like it whatever yeah um, exactly Yeah. That's something we talk about a lot here on our podcast is just being your true self and, and being authentic and people mm -hmm. resonate with that, you know, and that's, you know, that's, I definitely, I love your content that you've been putting out on Instagram for yeah. so long now. I've been following you for a while on there and yeah, the, me too. the infographics you've done and the rest of the bio lane team and everything. How long have you been working with bio with lane himself? This year is one year, almost this one year and a half, one year and a month um, okay. since last year. That's amazing. Nice. So, was, so Astrid, um, for, for everybody listening, can you give us a brief introduction to yourself, um, your background, what, what it is that you're all about? Absolutely. So do you want the short version or the long version? Whichever version you feel like giving us. Yeah. <laughs> There are no rules sure. here. Okay. So I, I obviously was born in Venezuela. Um, I don't know if you guys know where South America, in South America, Venezuela is. Mm -hmm. So I pretty much spent the majority of my life there. I've been in Australia for 10 years, almost 10 years, almost nine, nine to 10 mm -hmm. years. I grew up there and then I studied dietetics, my bachelor's degree as well in, in South America. Did a little bit of of private practice as a dietitian and I also started my fitness journey when I was 12 oh, so wow. very wow. young a very young age I started mixing with a lot of fitness people I started teaching as a personal trainer and instructor in like classes fitness classes when I was 15 So would you, you would see me at 15 teaching fit combat and like boxing and the steps and wow. all the classes you would imagine. And I was in love with that. So just back forward, I did my degree in dietetics because I felt like that nutrition has to do a little bit more in this game that, that we think it is. Mm -hmm. And I see a lot of people giving like, in the gym floor giving diets with no like they they were using the same diet for everyone it's like this nah. is, this doesn't really make sense to me so i didn't know very much about it but i always had in my mind why some people lose weight faster some other people don't lose weight as as, as easy and like in, interested in metabolism and understanding those things so when i did my bachelor's degree my first focus was I just want to learn how to do a, a proper diet and how mm -hmm. to design a proper diet. But I didn't know what nutrition actually was or like how comprehensive, how big you would, like how many things you would see within the career. Yeah. So when I am doing my, my bachelor's degree, I realized that so much more is not just about diet, it's about mindset, behavior, all the components of genetics, health. So, so many things that impacts your like nutrition, your health, how you look, how you behave, your neurochemicals in your brain. There's just so much stuff. So sure. it's like, oh my goodness, nutrition is, is amazing. But it's like, I didn't want to study medicine because I didn't want to study all my life. But nutrition <laughs> is So I, I pretty much just do a study all the time because it's something that is always emerging, evolving. Yeah. And I am definitely in, in love with my, my career. When I did my, finished my bachelor's degree, I did a little bit of working and teaching in like creating workshops for like general population at gyms and personal trainers, just teaching the basics of nutrition based on true evidence and like breaking some myths that they were so common out there yeah and that was very very positive 
and giving me more confidence to just go out there. But then I moved to Australia. So when I moved to Australia, obviously no one knows you and I had to start from zero. Mm, And that means start from not knowing anyone, not having a platform in English, have Mm -hmm. to develop your new language. It's like I have to reborn. I actually did my master's degree here at Bonn University, which means I also had to improve the level of my English to a point that it was competent enough to do a master's degree. And I was the only one beside another girl was which was Brazilian that were international students and the rest of the people which were like other 14 people were Australians so it was very hard for my self-confidence to just being able to say look I have to do presentations assignments work with other people that mm-hmm. English is their native they never native language and and have that confidence to get out there and do the things feeling like I was doing enough. So so I always had in that period, in that period when I was doing my master's that that self lack of self-confidence, I wasn't feeling that I was doing enough. I was always doubting myself. Like it was a really hard period for me to really get out there. And I, in my head, I always knew what to say it was mm-hmm. like this perfect script but when I was going to speak it out yeah my my tongue would just say whatever whatever right. it I do that but every no. day oh, yeah same <laughs> but I, but it was it was it was quite frustrating because I I would know exactly what I had to say and I had that perfect movie in my head like, oh, this is what I'm going to say. This is how they're going to sound. And when I started speaking out, I was like, fuck, this is not, so, this is not sounding how I, how I perceived it was going to be. So back, moving a little bit forward, I finished my master's degree. I did more, a little bit more extra research for my final year uh, for two um, there were two subjects in research. So I did a little bit of research in there and clinical background, Okay. working in a few hospitals, finished that. And I started as a clinical dietitian in a rehab mm-hmm. setting and mental health setting. So okay. I've been working in a hospital for five years as a dietitian in rehab and mental health. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I go and cover, I do cover for like acute hospital clinical nutrition. So mm-hmm. that is kind of what I do part-time. Oh, that wow. is also something I do on a regular basis every day for about five hours. And then after that, I do online coaching and sure. social media and everything else. That's amazing. Wow. 24 you definitely are busy. Yeah. <laughs> 24 right? hours is not enough for you. Yeah. No. Oh my goodness. <laughs> wow. Yeah. So that's just me in a nutshell. I started mm-hmm. working with Team BioLane one and a half year ago, and it's been um, and a, a really nice journey. Before that, I met Lane and Holly like three years ago or something that I started creating content for them. Uh, infographics and all of those things that they were uh, putting it out there I was creating some of that for them looking at research and putting into infographics and things like that so Mm -hmm. that was my first point of contact with them I did that for like a year and a half Mm -hmm. then I moved to working on my own for uh, as an as an employee for like about eight months for Clean Health Fitness Institute, which is a um, online platform, mm-hmm. educational platform here in Australia, and I did that for yeah for about eight months. At, on top of my hospital clinical wow. job and on top of my online coaching and so, like so three jobs this at is, this point. <laughs> this is too much. So. <laughs> But it was a great, great uh, sort of way to do something different uh, in the in the area of nutrition and also yeah. 
how to teach and how to talk to personal trainers and other coaches. So that was really nice to look at how do you go about not just being a dietitian, but also being an authority that have to teach other people. So that was that was a good experience. And then I started with Team Violin. So that has been okay. sort of like all over the place. Came full but, circle. Yes. Yeah. Love it. And with your work with other um, teaching other trainers, that really helps you develop those people skills. But only, not only that, when when you went to Australia, that was a huge learning curve for you, too. So I'm sure having to learn you know, English, um, that really helped you break things down, probably in a way that could help other people understand it. Right. Especially because with your strong uh, background in research. Yes, actually, it was interesting because I always listen and hear from not just personal trainers, but even clients or people who follow me, how how do you do to break things to such a simple way to explain yeah. them? And like, I had to, first of all, because I, I need to always, it's been my style of understanding things to the most simple degree of, mm-hmm. Same. of being something very yeah. basic. And I can, I need to imagine and understand it in my head before I actually explain something. And I like the sciencey terms and stuff like that. But putting the putting myself in the shoes of others, if I listen to a lot of different words that are so sound very sciencey, but they have no real meaning because I don't understand them, I still don't get it. Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, I don't really know. So I've realized that learning through analogies, through things that are very simple terms and examples, and, and you're not using necessarily very strong sciencey terms. And if you use them, you explain them as well. So you know, yeah. oh, that's what it means. So it's just, just giving the skills and teaching them everything they need to know from the very basics. And I've loved, and I think it's part of what I've, I've enjoyed following a lot of people <laughs> in social media as well, is utilizing analogies. So I love Mikey Stratel, for example. He always yeah. uses such a great ways to explain things. And like, oh, God, fuck. He's, he's so amazing <laughs> what he explains. And like, I'm one of his big fans when, when it comes to learning and explaining things. Yeah. And I realized this is the way I like to be teaching others, is utilizing very, very simple terms, easy nuggets that people can understand and even for myself because I I just like the, the to to teach something very very basic it's complex but teaching in a very basic stuff that's how I feel like it is the best way to yeah. empower your clients and empower everyone who who wants to step up their game in this nutrition and fitness confusion realm. Yes, keep it simple. Absolutely. For sure. I'm with you on that. I learn best if you talk to me like I'm a nine, you know, (laughs) (laughs) you don't, please leave out the, like the crazy stuff. Just, you know, like, give me some, like you said, analogies uh, that I will understand it then. Get it. Absolutely. I think a lot, a a lot of people are like that. For sure. Now, I understand that you know a lot about PCOS, and um, I feel like so many people have PCOS and are very, they always have this, you know, idea that you need to get rid of all this stuff, you need to do low carb, or you need to have, you know, a different diet than everyone. What is something that you can give or tell, you know, our viewers, if they have PCOS, um, what they could do? Well, Let's define PCOS first, because Mm -hmm. many people might not know what it is. So PCOS is polycystic ovary syndrome, and is a condition that seems to be quite relevant and very common in females, especially from the age, like probably after adolescence, you might find that there is a lot of um, increased diagnosis for PCOS. And generally, once they start their fertility period, they are at higher risk. But this is something that comes with their genetics, but Mm -hmm. usually is triggered or developed with other external triggers, 
that might incorporate or sort of activate those genes that are in that person. So it is mostly categorized as a endocrine or hormonal disorder, but at the same time seems to be affecting your hormones, your insulin resistance in some people mm-hmm. will experience, some, some females will, will experience insulin resistance. Not all of them, there are different types of PCOS, uh, but you will find that a big majority that seems more common is the ones that have insulin resistance and issue, uh, and have issues with obesity and weight management and that's that population which is mm-hmm. a, 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 the biggest one that seems to focus on dietary and and exercise strategies to improve their condition and there is a lot of research to support that nutrition strategies focused on improving dietary quality and protein intake and ensuring that you have an, a, a really good quality nutrition overall can help reduce symptoms of PCOS. Mm-hmm. So like hair growth, insulin resistance, fatigue, uh, brain fog, all of those things that probably seem to be very common in PCOS women. Now, when we think about specifically one of the main concerns amongst women with PCOS and insulin resistance is being overweight and dealing with weight loss in order to improve their insulin resistance. So one thing that generally tends to be the first line of action is fat loss as an important approach for them to improve insulin resistance and how you go about it is why what we find in the media, oh, you have to cut out bread and you have to mm-hmm. cut out right. carbohydrates and go right. keto and maybe go vegan, just buy organic because that is all chemicals that are affecting your health and your PCOS is going to get worse if you eat sugar. And like there's mm-hmm. so much mm-hmm. myth out there. And there's yes. much, a lot of misinformation that when you speak with women with PCOS, they have no clue what to do. And they are just buying whatever program they get sold in Mm -hmm. in Instagram or in this world of social media, just because they they want to believe in something that that can help them. They desperate to feel better, but they have no idea what to do. Mm -hmm. So that is why I find that the social media and the uh, I'm trying to overcomplicate it again because yeah it is very simple in the sense that you need to just hit the basics. If you need, if you ha- if oh. you're overweight, let's lose at least five to ten percent of your body weight, and that is going to in straight away improve your your insulin resistance. In addition to that, let's look at your protein intake what is happening with that as well the Mm -hmm. quality of the carbohydrates if you do have insulin resistance quality of a carbohydrate the amounts you're consuming the distribution the frequency is it's going to be far more important than not eating any carbohydrate whatsoever and we want to always ensure consistency and adherence to any diet so any, any diet that you put a client on, if they can adhere to it, it's not going to work. Yeah. So it could be the perfect diet in paper, but that is it's not applicable to them. It's not going to be something that is they are going to follow. So there's no point for them to have the perfect diet. Right. So looking at carbohydrate quality, frequency, fiber intake, protein, and also then we look at the lifestyle. Are you exercising, resistance training, growing and, and, and getting more muscle in your mm-hmm. system? That is one thing that is going to also increase insulin sensitivity. So you want to make sure you're doing resistance training on a regular basis. And in fact, there seems to be that females with PCOS tend to respond even better to 
in um, to resistance training and develop much muscle muscle much easier because of the levels of testosterone higher testosterone yeah than wow. than non PCOS women so they actually have a little advantage when it comes <laughs> to 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 go to the gym and grow muscle they mm -hmm. will easier put muscle much easier than other people so that is a good thing Uh, mm -hmm. I was speaking with Lyle McDonald's on on one of my my interviews about PCOS, and okay. that was one of the things he mentioned. That really is it's an area that has some some good some good things and not not so good things, but you are able to have a really good life and a good quality of life if you know how to manage certain basics of that. And stress management and sleep is also very, very important to mm -hmm. manage that condition in a much more optimal way. Yeah. That's amazing. You you really, I mean, the emphasis on getting back to the fundamentals, right? The, yes, the, the basics, right. And, and, and that's something, I mean, that, that everybody should be doing that, right? No matter what your condition is and no matter where you are in your life, everybody can can benefit from focusing on the on the basics. So um, don't have to be doing these extreme crash diets or anything like that, because that's something we, we hear most often with yeah. PCOS, right? Is you can't have carbs when you're, when you're eating or when you, when you have PCOS, where like you were just talking about, it's more about the the type of carbs, right? So what type of carbs would you say is better? Is that like a, you know, better complex carbs and, and more fiber and things like that? So research suggests that you should be aiming for um, lower GI, higher fiber, more, fi more fibrous um, type of vegetables and, okay. and carbohydrates overall, whole grains. It's not saying that you shouldn't be eating just normal carbs or sugar mm -hmm. that is not what it says but like as always you want to look at the context of things so looking at nutrition you always want to aim for a really good balance of quality nutrition so we're looking at 80 20% so okay. 80% of your nutrition or, or carbohydrate containing foods should be coming from vegetable fruits higher fiber sources whole grains 20% of that could be your soul foods. You can have right. your, your cookies and you can have things yes, that are not necessarily considered very nutritious, but still fitting your, your overall nutrition. It's more mm -hmm. about that balance. And also, if you have more, more issues with your managing your blood glucose levels, you want to be a little bit more stricter perhaps in the beginning while you're trying to get things into a better state. Once you pass over that, you are able to put your insulin resistance in remission mm -hmm. if, you, if you're able to get things in a really good place. You're able to lose some body fat if you struggle with, with that because losing body fat is proven to increase insulin sensitivity by default. Mm -hmm. And... Also, the fact that you are able to have probably more muscle that is going to increase your insulin sensitivity even more, that is one part of it. And then when we look at diet specifically, if you sort of shift the amount of nutrients you're getting from protein and also the type of carbohydrates are higher in fiber, the amount of the speed glucose enters to your bloodstream is slower. So the release of your glucose in your, in your system is going to be much more steady mm -hmm. rather than higher peaks on a regular basis. So you also want to create a structure instead of grazing throughout the day, you're snacking everything every five minutes. You have a very good structure where your body is expecting to have bouts of insulin and bouts of blood glucose to rise and get back down but in mm -hmm. the in, in those in-betweens you have you want to have some space for your body to process everything and get your blood glucose to where it should be so allow your body to release that insulin and get it to where it should go so it's all about 
the basics of having a structure, keeping things in balance and in perspective. Like you also want to have a life. You also want to have quality of life. And right. that involves allowing yourself and giving yourself unconditional permission to have the things you enjoy. Mm-hmm. And that Amen. has to be that yeah. has to be part of, of the plan of managing PCOS. It's not like you have PCOS, you're doomed, you can't have yeah. anything else anymore, you can't enjoy social life because you can't have cake or mm-hmm. something that you really enjoy. Again, it's about how often do you have a cake? Mm-hmm. Is it every right. day? Probably it's not optimal. Now, if you do have that once a week, that's fine. It is about just getting things into the right perspective. And when you say, you know what, you can have whatever you want, but let's let's try a good structure. Let's aim for a much better nutritious diet overall. You ensure that person is going to have a happier life. And Mm -hmm. also you're going to ensure much better adherence to begin with and probably less binges and a better unhealthy and a better healthy relationship with food. So we're looking at the yeah. big picture and that's why we got to simplify things. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And absolutely. I love that, you know, people with PCOS are not doomed. And I feel like a lot of they, a lot of times they think they are doomed because of all the noise, like the, the unsimplified stuff that they hear. So they're always searching for something that's, you know, really restrictive um, in the meantime and doing that over and over and over again. And when really it's just getting down to the basics, um, it may not be easy, but it's really, you know, not too off. <laughs> and the main thing I find is trying to understand their baseline, where they yeah. at, take, just take them where they at and walk mm-hmm. with them to a better place mm-hmm. or to a better level. Just try to understand what is their lifestyle and rather than changing everything at once or telling them what they're doing wrong, understanding right. what are the aspects that they are doing well and what are some of the things they might be able to upgrade or change. Mm-hmm. So is it, okay, let's look at your exercise. Okay, you're maybe not exercising. You're only exercising once a week. Maybe let's try to do twice a week and see how things go. Let's do less cardio and let's start adding a little bit of extra resistance training in your in your exercise component of that. How is your steps? Oh, you're doing two thousand steps. Let's try to aim for five thousand steps. Yeah, it's not like I'm gonna recommend them to do fifteen thousand steps. <laughs> Yeah. Right. that kind of like crazy stuff that we hear yeah and then we look at the diet all right so you're eating about 10 grams of fiber a day why don't we try to up that to 20 grams a day let's see what are some of the things that have more more per, more fiber just to increase that content so rather than just telling them oh just eat more fiber right. how do i <laughs> eat more fiber yeah so, by default, an easy way to eat more fiber is just to increase the vegetable intake, the whole grain. So you start selecting carbohydrate sources that contain more, more fiber in them, whole grain bread, whole grain pasta, brown rice or basmati rice. You can actually use and boil potatoes and, free, and put them in the fridge, same as pasta, and you mm-hmm. that heating cooling creates resistant starch that acts as a fiber as well so there are so many ways to to yeah. get fiber intake as long as you teach them how to do it and then you look at their diet overall like let's try to have a little more structured diet mm-hmm. have breakfast don't skip breakfast if you're yeah. binging at night to begin mm-hmm. with so right. have your fucking breakfast have lunch (laughs) have dinner and try to have some snacks in between if you feel like that is going to help you Mm -hmm. i am not a a very proponent of having too much too many snacks okay but if you want to it it just depends on what your your life to looks like and what do you prefer i personally prefer to have more calories assigned to to my meal so i can have a huge meal rather than like a snacking in between 
If you want to have something in between, have something that has no calories or very low calories. So you can have much more budget for the, the meal times that you're going to have. Yeah. And that's, yeah. that's keep it, keeping it simple. Yeah. I was just talking about that today in my stories. I'm like, you guys always ask me about snacks. You guys are not eating enough meals. You have to have bigger meals. Like coffee is not breakfast. Have some protein in the morning, you know, and that this is why you want to snack at three o'clock and eat the house down because you're not eating big enough meals. I totally agree. And that's a really viable strategy too, is front loading your calories earlier in the day, right? Because then that's going to make, first of all, hitting your calorie goal a lot easier. It's going to make hitting Mm -hmm. your protein goal a lot easier. And and like you already said, Astrid, it's going to help with those late night binges too, because you've been adequately fueling your body throughout the day. And me personally, like I'm not a huge snacker, but if I do want a snack, I always, almost always go for a protein snack just to help me reach reach that protein goal. Like before this podcast, I had, I had a protein shake and a a, a banana and, you know, that's going to hold me over until it's time for me to eat here in a couple of hours. And now, now I'm going to be hitting my protein goals a lot easier too. So I always teach my clients to, to start loving their protein a little bit more because Mm -hmm. believe it or not, I don't know if it's only females, even males, male, I haven't had much, um, challenges with males with male clients to get their protein but with females seems to be such a big big barrier for some to have more protein like let's try to do a little bit more like I always try to understand what the baseline is and if they're eating less than 100 grams of protein Mm -hmm. that's my first flag to say you need to eat at least 100 grams no Mm -hmm. less than that like that Mm -hmm. is a non-negotiable and obviously try to incorporate ideas to how to to get there it is the one the one big challenge for so many so it's trying to get things that are a little bit more accessible and understand that it doesn't have to be always chicken breast uh, or it doesn't have to be always tuna or beef or meat there are other things that you can have but i don't want you to be eating all the time protein bars because that is not necessarily (laughs) uh, the best protein source and that is not just protein it has it's like for me protein bars are like candy bars i don't i was gonna say they're like glorified candy bars they really are just a high protein and i'd rather have a candy bar than a protein bar right it's like exactly they are it's like chalk um i prefer kit kats Kit Kat. Yeah. I, I'm, a, I'm a Snickers guy. I'm oh a Snickers guy. I love. I do love a Kit Kat or Twix too. Actually, yeah. I actually been doing a ritual, not a ritual, but like if I if I am craving for something, and that is probably once a week or every two weeks, I take two bars, two little bars of Kit Kats before bed, and I do like a, a time of mindful eating, and like I okay. actually take the bar and I smell it taste it chew it and like it oh my goodness it's so so pleasurable and it's only two little bars it's like the little yeah. ones yeah and I do that and like it, I see the sky and all that like it's so amazing the experience with, when you do mindful eating mm-hmm. and, I'm, I, and I'm allowing myself to have it and enjoy it and taste it and I've been teaching that in my stories and I've seen okay. people uh, mm-hmm. trying to replicate well I'm you know, I'm gonna have my night my pre-bed snack and have that mindful eating session and that has been very powerful for some that struggle with binge eating just giving themselves permission to have something they really like at any time they want like after 6 p.m fuck yeah you can go and eat (laughs) whatever you want it doesn't matter the time you eat it Mm -hmm. as long as it, it fits within your calories if you're in a fat loss phase Mm-hmm. Uh, or you're not overindulging in those things. Sure. So like two little Kit Kats, if that goes over my calories, I just deduct it from the next day. I don't care. I just give it, my, I just give myself permission to enjoy it. Yeah. And that is, that is something very powerful that helped me a lot with my eating disorder. I did have an eating disorder in my, okay. in my past. I struggled with bulimia and one of the things I, I found that was very challenging for me was allow myself to eat things that weren't healthy. 
mm-hmm. quote unquote healthy. I felt like eating any any kind of things contain sugar containing foods or chocolate or these soul foods were prohibited to me. And I would have periods where I would eat something and just binge on it on a regular basis. I can remember coming to Australia the first the first year, I started eating peanut butter. I never gave myself permission to eat peanut butter in the first place. Oh, and wow. then I had this obsession that I was eating a jar literally every day. And I was avoiding eating anything else just to save calories to eat that. But I oh, was my. hungry all the time because yeah. that is yeah. not feeling. So right. I would still binge on other stuff. And I was obviously putting on weight. And I was obviously acknowledging that I was struggling with that. But I, had, I, I, I didn't know how to go and avoid that, that behavior because I was creating that pattern. And I was a dietitian. So I already struggled with that being a dietitian, but I had all the things going on in my head at that point in time. So I was using that emotional eating as a coping mechanism to find a little place for me to escape when I was struggling. But at the same time, I know I could have done better, but I just didn't, I I didn't know how to exit. So it is interesting when, even our, us as coaches and experts, we, we have struggles and yeah. we have a lot of issues that even if we know what to do, sometimes we just find ourselves trapped and it's difficult to get out. And that's why we are so relatable to so many clients because we mm-hmm. have been there. We right. have a struggle with eating disorders right. or with weight gain, uh, fat loss, with like all mm-hmm. of these things. It's easier to tell someone, oh, just do this. If you haven't experienced it, you yeah. probably can put in their shoes and understand what are the, the barriers, what are the challenges. Exactly. And when you understand what the challenges could be, it is easier for you to be more compassionate and have a, an approach that is going to be at the level of the client rather than just knowing the theory which is fine, but how about trying to get to the level of the client or your patient and understand yeah. what the struggles are? And understanding that it's everybody's individualized too, right? There's no one size fits mm-hmm. all approach for everybody too. Exactly. Yeah. If you have never experienced something, any adversities or any, any challenging times, you might not understand that. Well, this worked for me, so it just works for everybody, right? Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Mm-hmm. So I'm curious, uh, Astrid, um, we kind of, you talked about a couple of myths, but what are some of the biggest, we love talking about myths on this podcast, um, as you, mm-hmm. as you do on your content and we do on our content mm-hmm. as well. What are some of the biggest nutrition myths and misinformation, um, that you're seeing right now? Oh my goodness. Uh, where do you start? Yeah, where do you start, right? <laughs> um, I think lately what I've been looking, I think it, it just repeats over and over, mm-hmm. blaming, blaming carbohydrates for, for obesity and insulin, like insulin Ugh. is the bad guy. Oh my God. I, I continue yeah. to see that still nowadays, or like protein is, is bad for your kidneys and the protein mm-hmm. is even bad for you for longevity if you eat more protein, actually shortens your lifespan. That's insane to me. Oh my God. <laughs> like protein it, is the building block of our fucking bodies. Like when people are telling yeah. us that it's, uh, that it's bad for us, like, come on, let's, get, let's be real here. I think they based the res- uh, they based a statement in a research paper that came out uh, looking at flies that w- they were giving them more protein and they were dying earlier. Flies. You say flies? So, yep. Not even rats, <laughs> flies. Fucking flies. <laughs> wow. So I was like, oh, yeah, I'm not a fucking fly. Yeah, that's wow. the first I've heard that, a fly. Right? <laughs> Holy shit. People will take anything and run with it as long as it fits wow. their, their agenda, right? Yeah. Exactly. Uh, or like you need to just eat a lot of plants 
But then we have the other camp that says mm. you actually shouldn't be eating plant plants oh, yeah. because mm -hmm. they are bad for you. They have their own defense mechanisms. And oh every God. time you eat plants, you are eating polyphenols and chemicals that are actually bad for your health. Yeah, we hear that a lot, actually, with carnivore, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. exactly. Mm -hmm. And that that seems to be something that seems to be gaining popularity. And I was looking at yes. watching, I don't know if you guys watched that video as well. I don't know who the hell is that guy, but he was eating brain. Oh, my God. I see, I oh, Jesus. Yeah. Oh. yeah. And Roy and like, oh, shit. I was just gagging. Like in what that. universe do you have to be from where you think eating raw brain like that is just normal and something that everybody, the general population right. is going to fucking do. Yeah. Oh, it's insane. goodness. It's, insane. I was, it's just like crazy stuff that I see people doing. Or on the other hand, we see people thinking because carbs are bad, I'm just going to eat everything. Everything I eat that is high fat it's not going to increase my insulin so I can eat whatever I want. Mm -hmm. So you see people putting body butter on their coffee or yeah. just eating very high fat diets without tracking their calories. Mm -hmm. And then you wonder why they're still gaining weight. Or start so getting health issues. <laughs> correct. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Some of the calories I, I think still, we see. Go ahead. Go ahead. But I still see like many, many more about like soy you can't you can't have soy because you okay. get hit man boobs and like <laughs> no uh, it is actually safe or like around creatine that creatine is is a steroid or yeah. like it's, or it's hair loss a, or, uh, for your or hair loss yeah. correct so creatine is another one that i think it gets a lot of backlash i have heard women avoiding drinking whey protein or things like that because that put, makes them bulky just okay. just just by drinking the whey protein alone like nothing else yeah yeah it's a, a another steroid and, and <laughs> right we, right and women are just so conditioned to believe that anyway right like you can't even look at weights or else you're just gonna blow up which is so much further from the uh, truth like yeah. you have to be very very intentional and working very very hard and being very dialed in with your nutrition and workout for years in order for you to get results like that right yes and the other the other things i i hear very often is you definitely have to stop eating traditional foods and have more organic food oh. because mm. it's healthy and is better quality uh, in fact there are some slight differences and you might find that some foods that are organic labeled probably could be a little bit higher in, in nutrient quality, but when you run statistics, they are not significantly different, but the price is very different. Yeah. And you might find that if you have to buy organic and you're taught to just eat organic foods, you will eat less fruit and vegetables. The accessibility to those foods is lower. Mm -hmm. And it actually, sometimes I, I've seen people affected the relationship with food because they feel like nothing that they can eat can be just normal. There has to be mm -hmm. this clean food and organic. And if it's yeah. not organic, if it's not clean, clean, they have to avoid it. So it's like, I don't know what to eat because I just can't afford it. So I right. end up buying stuff that I just fits into that agenda of being clean but i'm not eating mm -hmm. enough fiber i'm not eating enough vegetables yeah. because they are so expensive mm -hmm. it's like or like even canned or frozen vegetables frozen, yeah. they are labeled like they're, they're bad and actually right. no they're not if you yeah. find that that is the only way that you can have vegetables or have that accessibility mm -hmm. fuck go for it yeah yeah and that's why a lot of people are like, well, I can't eat that way because eating healthy is too expensive. It's like, well, mm. you no, know, actually you can get frozen vegetables. And like you said, canned vegetables and that stuff is okay. <laughs> and it's still good quality. Yeah. Still good quality. Mm -hmm. And 
that comes from a place of, I mean, in my opinion, when people tell you to avoid those things, that comes from a place of, of privilege. And privilege, again, yeah. what we were talking about earlier, those people that are saying those things most likely haven't experienced financial hardship in their life, yeah. or, or they just don't have that empathy for one reason or another. They can't put pe- put themselves in other people's shoes. I agree totally. It's like when uh, Kim Kim Kardashian said recently her number one piece of advice for for women entrepreneurs work, work fucking harder or something like that, right? What was it? Right. Like, yes, Kim K, that's great, great advice, you know. Yeah. <laughs> and there's our there's yeah. our first ever Kim Kardashian uh, reference on the podcast. <laughs> yeah, I'm lost. Oh my god, no, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Oh my goodness. Awesome. So, what else? What else uh, are you up to these days, Astrid? Um, well, at the moment, mostly uh, trying to up my game with video content. Okay. Um, cr- organizing the trip to the U.S. now in Ooh. June. I'm, I'm hopefully going to Miami, uh, Tampa, and Orlando for a little bit. Can I meet up with Lane and Holly? Yes, we're going to meet nice. finally uh, again. So that's going to be good. Just I've been looking forward to that. And what else? Planning my honeymoon since two years ago that we weren't able oh, to, to travel. Oh, wow. Yes. <laughs> congratulations. Yes. Congratulations. Yay. Yay. Exciting. Where are you planning on going? We're going to go from, from here to from Australia. We're going to fly to London and take a cruise that goes across the ocean to New York. And oh, then come back. Amazing. Wow. wow that's amazing that is yeah. gonna be cool i that love that cruises. Be amazing i've never been cruising before i love traveling I but i've never been cruising yeah, is a other another another level you wake but, up in a different spot every day right so mm-hmm. it depends it depends about. what trip is but yes yeah. you you could probably wake up in different places in i guess the islands. one you're doing it's going to be you're just crossing this, the ocean right so it, it will have some some spots where you okay. s- you stop uh, along the way. You'll stop in Halifax. I have no idea what it is. Okay. Um, somewhere else in I think in Portugal or something like that, and Boston, mm-hmm. but Massachusetts, Massachusetts. Yep. yep, yep, that's near me, Boston. Yep. Yeah, and then New York. So oh, it'll yeah. have some spots in the way. It's like twelve days. Okay. A few days cruising Ooh. and a few days sustaining in, in those places. Solid. But honestly, when I am on a cruise, I don't really want to go get off. It's like I only <laughs> want to be I only want to be in the in the buffet just eating. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. I don't blame you. That's probably where they I They really dial in those cruises though. You can do a lot on those boats. You have everything there. You have gyms. Yeah. Actually, I actually love when we actually have a, 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 a parked in a place because everyone get off and like mm-hmm. the, the, the whole ship is for, for yourself. Like no, it's yeah. no one there and you can, like you can fucking town. do whatever you want, but it's, it's yeah. good. It's nice. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Amazing. Amazing. Oh, I love it. <laughs> That's going to be so awesome for you. Yeah. Excited for you. Excited for you to come meet, come meet up with, uh, Holly and Lane, that's super excited. Exciting. Where are you where are you guys located? Uh, me personally, I'm in Ohio. Okay. And I, I'm in Maine, about three hours from Boston. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's cool. I hopefully got hopefully I can meet you guys soon in person too. That would be cool. That would be that amazing. Would be fantastic. Yeah. Yeah. So so Astrid. Yes. Why don't you tell why don't you tell everyone where they can find you, all your social media handles, your website, um, everything? You basically can find me most likely in Instagram, which is where um, I am the most. Um, to diet underscore dietitian. You can also find me in my TikTok that I'm growing. It's a little one, a little we'll baby. Get you there. You'll get growing. there. You'll get there. <laughs> yes. Um I actually don't know if it's Astrid Dietitian or something like that. I think it is a little different. I'll look you up and we'll put it in the notes. We'll, we'll put it in the, yeah, we'll put it in the show notes. Yep. And my, and my YouTube channel, which has okay. basically with, with my name, Astrid uh, Naranjo RD, 
which will probably give you or show you all the interviews I've done in the past with different uh, fitness guys and nutrition mm -hmm. guys as well. Okay. And you guys probably will be there too soon. Ah, yay. Woo. We'd love to. That would be awesome. Yes. yes. Now, and if someone wanted to contact you for coaching, yeah, how would they do that? You can email me to astrid at biolane.com or okay. just send me a message, a DM in Instagram, and I'm always uh, straight back to reply. And I send you to the right place. Amazing. Awesome. I love it. Astrid, thank, thank you so much you for your time much. today. It was a pleasure here. meeting you. Yeah. was awesome. was awesome. Thank you so much to having, for having me today here. Our pleasure. Yeah, it's been thank a pleasure. You. And have a great um, Thursday. We're still, <laughs> yes. we're, still in, we're still in Wednesday. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're getting through it. We're getting through it. Yeah, right? <laughs> I'm going to have, I'm, I'm going to have breakfast and head to the hospital now. All right. We'll crush that breakfast and have fun at work. <laughs> yes. It's great talking to you. We'll see you soon. See you soon, guys. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> All right, Beth. That was a, I, I fucking love awesome. that episode. Yeah. I love Astrid. Astrid. She's a wealth of knowledge. And she I love really that is. she talked about PCOS. Mm -hmm. So if you are listening right now, uh, take some nuggets from Astrid. A lot of good, a lot of good uh, golden nuggets in there. And, and mm -hmm. I really, I just love the emphasis on honestly, just lifestyle, right? Yeah. Um, that's there, there is no, uh, where there really isn't anything crazy, is it? No, it, really not really guys, not. And stick to the, that, the basics. Once that again. might be a tough pill to swallow, but yeah. there are, there are no magical pills. You know, no. it's, that's why we emphasize this shit so much with lifestyle, focus on the basics, yeah. stress management, you know? sleep, nutrition, hydration, move a little bit more. Let's do something we enjoy. Right. Work on our mental health. Like it's not, it's not a, um, you know, there's nothing crazy. Not, there's, you don't need to do keto carnivore yep. and freaking right. give up your life because you have PCOS. No matter yeah. who we get on this podcast, no, no matter they're if they're a registered dietitian or what expert they are, that's the reoccurring theme, right? It's mm -hmm. lifestyle, lifestyle, yeah. lifestyle, lifestyle, building healthy habits. Yeah. And, and it's, it's like most likely, you know, most likely, you know, that there's some things that you need to change, it, but mm -hmm. that doesn't mean it's going to be easy, right? Yeah. Because we, it, it's the hardest thing to admit is that, that you actually know <laughs> that you need, that right. there are some things that you need to be doing. Being real with yourself. It's hard. Right. And, and that's the, another re reoccurring thing that we have here. <laughs> Get fucking real with yourself. Yeah. Stop bullshitting yourself. You know yeah. you need to move better. You know you need you need to drink more water. You know you need to get some fucking sleep. You know you need more fruits and veggies, and you need more protein because a lot of you guys are not eating your protein. I don't know why you're eating, but you're not eating protein. Not at all. Um, and I wanted to add so, on that when she was when she was talking about that a little bit. And I think for women, I think I don't know the the struggle with protein is just because women are so conditioned to believe that they need to be eating these low calorie diets. Yeah. And that makes, and that makes your protein go down as a result of that. Mm -hmm. But not only that, there's that common myth that she kind of touched on with whey protein is that's going to make you bulky, right? It's as not, a woman, right. which is fucking it's stupidest fucking myth ever. And there's more to, to protein than just meat. Okay. I, I hear that. Yeah. I don't want to eat meat. It's like, well, you don't have to, you don't have it's to. like other protein sources, like legit yeah. look on Google and you can find a plethora of protein. It, you know, you Google everything else, but you don't Google protein sources. You'll, so, yeah. you know, tell me, tell, tell us why you do that. Right. right. Somebody please tell us. <laughs> please. <laughs> please. It's like, please. And why are you eating 60 <laughs> fucking grams of protein a day? I mean, it's, insane. it's like, what are you, what are you fucking eating? Yeah. You're afraid of car. You're afraid of carbs, but you're not getting any protein. Right. You know? So, yeah. Then we have okay. keto, right? Because that's where all the fats coming from. So you got to be eating mm -hmm. something. Those are your three fucking macronutrients. If you're not eating those, what the fuck are you eating? Yeah. What, water? Like eight, eight avocados a day. A lot of people I aren't mean, even getting water. <laughs> right. Yeah. So, dehydrated. Drink your yeah, water. Yeah, we're chronically fucking dehydrated, which I, I love how much we, I wish people could see our videos more often because we're just always pounding water. On this oh man. Like by the end of these, I, I'm like, whoop. All right. Gotta run. <laughs> um, I started taking the creatine. I saw your, so your I, story. I, so I'm on day it. three. I'm okay. on day three. I've noticed I'm peeing a lot. Interesting. Interesting. Um, but it could be because I'm upping the water. 
Okay. As, because because you're adding the creatine, right? Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. But other okay. than that, um, no adverse reactions. Because I no. Did you get um by any chance? Did you get first form creatine? I can't remember if I sent you some. I did. Yep. So I've been okay. I've been on that for what like two weeks now i think i've had i've had that and because i nice. i couldn't find it around here locally you know so mm -hmm. um, i'm i'm happy that i was you hooked me up with that yeah absolutely yep so, so far so good we'll see good that's exciting i'm excited for you it, it really is it really yeah. is and that's Fun a question time. we get asked a, a lot about too is is creatine right Mm -hmm. Yeah, I just had a question on that on my, on my story the other day. I think it was like, as a 49 year old woman, like, is it beneficial for me to take creatine? And the answer is like, fuck yeah, it's beneficial. Yeah. Like, and you know what, especially 49 uh, brain health, I would say alone, because um, I know for me, like my brain, but brain fog is part of like menopause. And sometimes like, I'll forget things in the middle of talking. Yeah, <laughs> like what yeah. happened. So hopefully that'll, you know, start helping with that as well. Totally. And um, especially, you know, as we start aging, um, 49, getting in our 50s and 60s and things like that, um, creatine is going to, first of all, if you're lifting weights, it's going to help you build lean muscle mass. It's not going to make mm -hmm. you build muscle on its own, but it's going to, if you are lifting weights, it's going to help you build lean muscle mass. But if it's also going to help you retain muscle mass and bone mm -hmm. density as well as right. we age. Yeah. Which is super important. Very fucking important. Sarcopenia and osteoporosis are real, you guys. Yep. We don't say just a strength train for the fuck of it. We don't. Like, we don't want you, you guys know, to be me. That's not what we're telling. Yeah, telling I mean, we, we want you to be able to live a long, healthy life. Yep. There's our agenda. We don't want, we don't <laughs> want you. We don't want you to fall and break something. Yep, for sure. There we go. Right. Cut the crap is about the mat. We do not want you to fall and break something, guys. No, and <laughs> by the way, mm -hmm. our pay let's talk about our Patreon. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We definitely have to talk so, about that for a moment. You guys, if you are listening right now, still, thank, thank you. you for still continuing and, to listen. <laughs> <laughs> um, why aren't you joined in our Patreon yet? If you haven't, I love the feedback we've been getting. Um, yes. oh my god, the people, the everybody, the food. Our mm. patrons are fucking loving the recipes, like yes. the, buffalo, the buffalo cauliflower dip. I've been seeing that one a oh lot. The God. desserts are fucking phenomenal. Yes, the protein dessert. The uh, that was my that was one of my recipes actually. Was it? Oh, look yeah. at that! Look at I that. know. Um, yeah. So, so yeah, amazing. The Patreon guys, really quickly, we're not going to beat a dead horse here, but um, you know, five five bucks a month to become a patron of cut the crap with Beth and Matt. Um, you can support the, the podcast, support our content and also get some amazing mm -hmm. stuff in return for five bucks a month. Yeah, you're going to yeah. be getting those monthly workout plans and the monthly challenges. And then Beth, what do mm -hmm. we get for 10 bucks a month? That's amazing, right? 10 bucks a month. You get the same thing, monthly workouts, monthly challenges and access to now we're cooking, which has a ton of recipes, which will be getting new recipes every single month that are low calorie, high protein, family friendly, friendly, kid friendly. And actually Hunter is working on incorporating them uh, so you can add them to my fitness pal very easily. I think they're doing batches of them because it takes a little, it takes a while to create a um, yeah. recipe. You guys know there's a lot, there's a lot of work going pal. into the stuff behind the scenes. Yeah. There's yeah. a lot of work and you're basically getting a steal. It probably no one else will have this opportunity with now we're cooking. And I know um, my clients are soon going to have access to it at some point i'm working on that and i don't I've know i've been thinking my, about that myself clients, for my one -on -one maybe clients. Too. yeah um yeah. so it's i mean advantage. it's no brainer the added value to our current clients yeah. is going to be insane and the event the value mm -hmm. that people are getting from um the, the patreon if they do that is insane even more insane honestly yeah um you guys are always asking for new for how to where do i start in the gym well this is perfect right yep. um and also What's important to know with these workouts is that they are as hard as you make them. Okay. Ooh, good point. All right. So just so you know, if you're you finding the workout where, to be easy, start where you are. Um, and then you can, you know, like I said, make them as easy, as hard as you want. Add some, use your weights, use those weights. If you're blowing through the them in, in freaking seconds, you're not going hard enough. And I think that's a mindset thing too, honestly, because we are so conditioned to believe that we need to be doing like these supersets and circuits and fucking oh, yeah. burpees and fucking BOSU right? squats and all these other bullshit. Yeah. We really, we just need to focus on the fundamentals, which is what we talk yeah. about all the time here. Just because you're not sweating does not mean you didn't get a good workout. Or sore, in fact, when I go to the gym at six o'clock in the morning, I, I'm not drenched in, drenched in sweat. 
Yeah. I, I, probably ever, actually. Yeah. Um, I may get a little hot and have to take my sweatshirt off, but I'm not drenched. Like, I don't right. think my heart is not like fucking like out of my throat. Yeah. Um, so, you know, totally. I don't throw myself on the ground. We need, like it's I'm all about our, our expectations for this shit, right? Yeah. Fitness, yeah. nutrition, is, everything. This is called programming for progressive overload. So, mm-hmm. and you are getting, uh, your workouts will be built off each other each month. So you're going to get stronger at the ones you're doing consistently. We're not going to change um, the workouts up you're on not you doing, every week. I think I got a few questions asking, will they be different every week? No, they're no. going to be different every four weeks. Um, that's how you get stronger. That's how you build muscle. Right. Not by you don't changing build up muscle by doing week. fucking a different workout every day. It just, that just Absolutely. doesn't happen. Yeah. Okay. If your, if your workout program is boring, that's a very good sign. Honestly. Yeah. Exactly. It's supposed to be boring. Yep. 100%. But I'm looking right. forward to the next to, to May. I've already started been thinking about what we can do for May. So it'll be nice. fun. It'll be fun. I'm looking forward to it. So yeah, I gotta say really quickly here too. I'm, I'm, I'm very, I'm very pleasantly surprised by the amount of people that um, took advantage of the pa- the Patreon so far. Like it kind of, I didn't know what my, I didn't know what my expectations should be. So I went into it without any essentially. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I'm pleasant. I'm very fucking pleasantly surprised. I love the, I love the amount of support that people have been showing up. Yeah, for sure. So thank you. So thank you awesome. to everybody that's yes. become a patron of ours. Thank you guys. That's been we thinking about it, it or uh, thank you to everybody that shares our content and the podcast and everything else as well. Keep we truly doing sure it. Appreciate it. You guys. Yep. Yeah. Good way to end the show, right? Yep. See you later, guys. Bye. Peace out. (laughs) (laughs) And that is a wrap for this episode of Cut the Crap with Beth and Matt. Did we help you cut through the bullshit? We want to know. Send us a DM on Instagram and share your thoughts. We'd love to hear them. And if you did find this one helpful, why not share this episode with a friend? I know I personally love it when a friend shares their favorite podcast with me along with a text saying, oh my God, you have got to check out this podcast. You'll love it. And of course, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast so you don't 